Welcome to the official after show for The Arc. I'm Yael Teagle. I'm so excited to talk about this episode. It was wild. So of course, we are going to talk to the cast. We're going to talk to the people behind the scenes. We're going to show you some exclusives that made this episode happen. Don't go anywhere. This is the official after show for The Arc. Hello and welcome to After the Arc, the official after show for The Arc. I am Yel Teagle. I'm Adrian Snow. We are talking about the second episode of The Arc. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What an amazing second episode. Yes. Uh, so much happened. It, a lot happens. <laughs> a lot, a happens. lot happens. We got the, the dead bodies and <laughs> like making, you know, compost out of the bodies. Yeah. We got acid crystals. We got water running out and making choices. And so it's a lot going on in this episode. We have, uh, I think, one of the coolest fight scenes ever. Are you talking about the cafeteria? Yeah. Yes. Garnett and Strickland kicking butt kicking in that butt. the cafeteria. Yeah. Um, how cool was that to see? I'm always here for when a, a woman gets to fight, like, in a brawl. You know, I'm that's kind of my jam. Not in real life, but just... <laughs> <laughs> in fiction, it's always fun to see. Uh, so just to have that kind of moment where you get to see that these aren't just people who are, you know, scientists and top of their field, but they're also like can get down and get down with it and brawl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't surprised that Strickland can fight because he's security. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but Garnett, like she went re- in. She really she really went in. She dominated. It's so interesting because in the first episode, we don't know what happened. We don't know how we got here. We don't understand anything. And in the second episode, we get all of these rumors. Mm -hmm. Um, So we still don't know. There's so much we don't know. It's good to, like, have the second episode bring in the tension that's going to be kind of, I think, throughout the course of the season. And I think that's what they've done with this. It's just kind of have, like, well... There's a murder, and now, like, the water's been wasted, and so now people have a reason to turn on Angus, and people have a reason to to be distrustful of each other, because who could kill uh, Jasper? And only people with 1C clearance can kill him, so clearly that puts all of our lieutenants and uh, Eva mm-hmm. at the top of the list. Yeah, it's so interesting that, uh, you know, you go into this show and you think, this is a, a space show. Yeah. This is people living on a ship. There's also a murder mystery. Yes. I love a murder mystery. You gotta have a murder mystery. Because that's, that's that's also, I think, sci-fi bingo. And then somebody <laughs> dies, and it's like, so who who did it? Mm-hmm. We gotta find them. And so that's uh, gonna be fun to watch, too. I, I think that adding the murder mystery to lack of food, lack of water, Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just feels like you're just building tension. Exactly. Um, and things are going to explode like an acid crystal. Like an acid crystal. Um, in a hand. What did you, what What are your thoughts on this crystal? Because I, like, as soon as it started eating the glove, I was like, mm-hmm. that's acid. You thought it was <laughs> acid. I felt like. I don't know what's in space. I, well, I mean, it, that's, it could be anything in space. But it did feel like, for me, anytime. You touch something you shouldn't touch in space. I go, oh, this is an alien. Clearly oh. it's alien. You shouldn't touch it. I think, yeah. I mean, one of my, like, biggest pet peeves watching sci-fi is mm-hmm. that every time you go to, like, an alien planet, mm-hmm. all the aliens are humanoid. Nah. So the idea that it would be this crystal, yeah. that their ship was attacked by these aliens that have left their eggs. You think it's, <laughs> oh, see, like, I, I feel like... I do feel like maybe it's part of something larger. Mm. 
it could be something where like uh, an alien force attacked it with this ice or crystal or mm. whatever type of acid. Acid. Uh, anything that can go, I can't forget what it's called, like phosphor things that can turn from like one form into another. I can't think of the word, but um, there's it's just like a lot of different opportunities for like what that could be. I appreciate that it wasn't just like some ship malfunction mm-hmm. and something like somebody didn't check something before they left. I also had I want to get your thoughts on like what you think has been happening on Earth because we didn't really talk about that before. Do you think um, that Earth is still there? That's a really good question, because in this episode, we get a flashback. We yeah. get to see uh, who was supposed to be captain. Exactly. We get to see uh, William Trust, who built this whole thing. Yes. Steve Jobs of space. Yep. We also get to see we also get to see Earth and, and how it's kind of on fire. Yeah. It's destroyed. Yeah. It's, there's it's an unlivable. Yeah. So I think it's a really great question of how long has it actually been? Mm hmm. Um, and what's still left mm-hmm. and who's still left. Well, we know it's been for them four years. I don't trust what they believe. What they think? Yeah. So I you don't... think it's been longer than that? Yes. Hmm. I don't, I, I also don't know, right? They left with an assumption of how long Five Earth years. would, yeah. Yeah. So I don't trust that. I don't trust the time. I it could be. It, it could be. Could be a hundred years for all they know. It could be Planet of the Apes for all they know. It could be the Circle Back to Earth. <laughs> like that would be, you know, my favorite thing is you circle back to Earth and it's like, oh, we were gone for hundreds of years. Um, I love the idea that they could circle back and Earth restarted. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, and we're back to it again. It was nice to see the setup. It was nice to realize that Cat is an influencer and paid her way onto the ship. Um, you think she paid her way? Rather, she was. I think she was sponsored. Sponsored. Uh, well, isn't that isn't that paying your way onto something? Like, if you get sponsored to do it, then sure. It's like, I thought you meant like she like paid her paid, actual yeah, money. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. I think she sponsored. Yeah, yeah. She didn't like pay money down. She right. just used her her fame to get on the ship. Yes. And I. It's also nice to see like because I kind of had thoughts that maybe Susan Ingram and and Trent mm. were like a thing or he had some type of emotional tie to her. And so to get that, they're like lovers. I feel icky about it. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's definitely yeah. a power dynamic issue. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on there that aren't my favorite. It's but... so interesting that Jasper picked up on it. Yeah. When Trent was so desperate to get her out of the pod. Yeah. And Jasper put that together because I, he seemed not smart. <laughs> I mean, but you know, he is like somebody who like snuck onto a ship. So he does at least understand like how to play with people's emotions. It's mm. probably why he's dead. Um, who do you think did it? The murder? Yeah. I don't I have no idea. Well, cuz it's like such a big thing of like we have well we have our kind of like our our four suspects at least off the top that we know. Ava Markovich, Lieutenant Lane, Lieutenant Bryce and me. We have the murder weapon. If, if this were a clue, I'd probably say Ava, only because oh. she spit in his face. Mm. But I don't know. I don't think it's. I think. I think Ava could be a red herring. I also think uh, Garnet is definitely a red herring. I don't think 
she would be dumb enough to like kill somebody like after having a tense moment with them. So those are just my thoughts. No, those are great thoughts. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> no. I have, I have, no, I have no at this point. Just kind of like. I have no idea. See, I'm like clue. I'm like, okay, this is like <laughs> I feel so and so. I thing. feel like it's gonna be a character we haven't even met yet. Oh. It could be that. Like it could be any Anyone. there's a whole ship and yes, I do I do get that we have our four suspects, but you never know. You never know. That's true. Okay. Well we'll see. We'll come back to it. Um let's talk about the murder weapon. Yes. That uh, destroys everything. Yeah. Who throws a knife in a who throws a knife? They throw it in a toilet? I, I'm guessing. Immediately, I was like, "Who? why would you throw your knife in the toilet? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, just keep it with you, right? If I were going to commit <laughs> murder. I, <laughs> if I were going to commit murder. I would keep my murder weapon with me. I would plant it on someone else. You could do that, too. I would, right? Like, you don't, if we were on Earth, you throw it in. A body of water. I understand. I get that. I get the idea. Or just shoot it out the, shoot it off into space. Yes. It's a void. It would, they would never be found. Ah, see, we're better at this. (laughs) (laughs) We're better at plotting space murder. But that's why I don't think it's any of our, anyone that we've met. Yeah. Because everyone we've met is too smart. During the flashback, Mm -hmm. we, um, we find out that Garnett was, not like supposed to be there or was added i think she was brought on last minute to that one because there are multiple arcs right Right. so this is i think something where this is the one that they kind of just introduced her last minute to yeah Yeah. they brought her uh she was assigned last minute by someone high up yeah what do you think the deal with that is i don't know i thought I thought that they were going to have Susan kind of be the person that explained that. But then Susan was like, no, it's above my pay grade. Mm. So I'm not sure. So who is above her pay grade? The captain and trust. trust. Yeah. And we don't really know those characters. And mm. so I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure that we'll explain it later on the road. But it, it kind of seemed like, oh, OK, so we're not going to get that answer. It's just like they're planting the seed this episode to let us like. Grow it down the line. You don't like that? You like I, don't, I don't. I <laughs> don't. I'm so impatient. No. I. This is a theme you're going to see like this you season. Just, you just need things to I happen. I need answers. I understand that. I want to understand the acid crystal. Mm-hmm. Was it an alien? Why was Garnett on the ship? Who was stupid enough to throw a knife in the water? <sighs> these these are the things I want. Yeah. And, well... We what, what we did get is like for so like with Cat we got an understanding of who she is. I think that she um, is good at talking to people. Yeah, getting them comfortable to open up to her. Yeah, and while she may not have anything helpful to give you, she is a sounding board. That's fair, and sometimes that's all you really need. It's just like someone to bounce ideas off of. And maybe she has an honorary degree. Well, you know she ain't got no honorary degree. <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't know what she's doing. But it'll be fun. I think it's, at the very least, like it'll stir up some drama, which should be good. Mm. For sure. Uh, gosh, so episode two, 
also just crazy. Just like everything happening on this ship all at once. What are your top three wow moments of this episode? I think that the biggest wow moment for me uh, is that the knife comes out of the water pipe. Yes. That was a big one. Well, for me, it was like the the water, like the loss of water is what I immediately thought about when the knife like ended up being the thing kind of breaking through the pipes. So that was a big wow moment that Bryce and the acid on his hand, the acid crystal. Acid crystal. Acid crystal. Uh, burning through his glove, burning his hand. That was a big wow moment for me as well. Yeah, I think the the exciting, not necessarily wow moment for me is the the flashbacks that we get like backstory because mm. I'm impatient and I want to know everything. You want to know immediately like yeah. what has been going on. I get that. And then I guess like a big wow moment for me as well is just like the 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 water being like leading people to nearly mutiny. And then start fights is a big wow moment of seeing like uh, Garnet kick butt and Strickland kick butt as well. Um, I also think that, you know, ending up dead in the water is in the water. We're in space. Dead in space. Dead in space. Oh, yeah. Wait. Okay. Lost in space. Never yes. Mind. <laughs> Frozen in space. Frozen in space. Um, yeah. That was mind blowing. Yeah. How are we going to get out of it? Exactly. Well, we'll see. Next episode. So don't go anywhere. We will be back. Let's get to know more about Lieutenant Sharon Garnett from Christy Burke. Hi, I'm Christy Burke, and I play Lieutenant Sharon Garnett on the art. I think the things that really excited me about Lieutenant Garnett at first were I had so many questions about her that I didn't really know the answers to. And for me, as an actor, that's always really exciting. There's so many things to unlock through doing a show that I just was really excited about that. Her secret, obviously, which I'm not allowed to talk about. And then... Her physicality, the amount of physical stunts that I felt would be required to do this part, which I've never done before, really, really excited me. How did I prepare? I honestly watched a lot of shows that were in this similar realm as, as this show. I watched a lot of strong female characters and then just slowly with my coach in New York started to find her within answering those questions and really trying to figure out her main motivation behind this entire mission and why she herself wanted to be on this arc. What excites me the most is this idea of who do you want to be somewhere else? And is that different from who you are on Earth? And so for me, preparing for her would always lie within that question. And so it was just getting to work and doing all the fun, but maybe very boring actor stuff that we do. I feel like the challenges she faced as a leader are probably some that are to be expected. The weight of having to be responsible for so many people, being the one who has to make the tough decisions all the time, even if it's not the popular decision. I think also always feeling, something that I started to feel myself with being on this show, which is this feeling of being inadequate or not being enough for everybody, which was, I think, surprising, but also probably one of the most interesting layers to her. But I think a lot of leaders do feel that, like this feeling of not being enough or constantly failing as a captain, which really excites me in moments. For me, I'm always more interested in the thing that a character is fighting against. So yes, she's bold and tough through her actions and through her quick ability to make decisions. But for me, it's what ha- what's happening underneath that, the second guessing that instinct, the um, 
maybe inability to let people in or trust people. And why is that the case? So the layers to, who are, to her, I think, are what make her the most interesting. But also I think there's layers to her that she even herself doesn't understand or know yet, which has been really exciting to find in scenes with these amazing actors where I myself am going, oh, that's what this scene is about. And it's almost like I'm discovering her as much as she's discovering herself in this journey. Because I feel like on a show or in a story where you're kind of faced with tragedy and you're always in a life and death situation, you really get to know what you're made of. In the second episode, there is a lack of water and we have this really mm -hmm. kick-ass fight sequence. Oh, yes. Um, with Garnett and Strickland mm -hmm. over water yeah. in the cafeteria. Yeah. This is the first time we get to see her kick butt. And that's me. I do all my own stunts on this show, by the way. Yeah, I just, want, I just, I just need to lay that out there, okay? Tom Cruise, coming for your job. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise, Jackie Chan, you're coming yeah, next. Yeah. I love it. Then Christy Burke. Yes. Um, not, there's so many amazing people that do stunts. Um, but, yeah, I, di I did all my own stunts, and that fight sequence, this is like a crazy insider story. Um, I had food poisoning that, the night before. Oh, my God. And so I hadn't slept was very ill doing that fight sequence, but it turned out great. Yeah. And it felt really empowering. I had never done anything like that physical before, besides like riding horses and stuff like that. Kicking stunt stunt dudes' butts feels good, you know? It looked good. Yeah. It good, looked, did it? Yes. Good. good. <laughs> um, it, it feels, it felt natural. It felt like you come from a like martial arts background. I don't. I definitely did a lot of sports as a kid and still do a lot of sports. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe it's because my mom used to coach gymnastics and I know how to move my body. And yeah. that was not a good example of moving my body. <laughs> this is how a body moves. And this is how a body moves because I can move my body. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know where it came from. I'm glad it looked good. You know, I feel like Garnett is someone who knows how to like do that stuff really well. So right, uh, how many times did you rehearse it, and how an hour? That's it. That's it. I, we rehearsed it for an hour, and then they were like, "Go home and, and rehearse on your own." <laughs> and so I just would be like at the gym, like, and then I just, nope, that wasn't like I literally like the people at the hotel were probably like, "This chick's crazy." <laughs> she's lost her mind um but yeah no just an hour and then um we did some blocking I think before that in the space and mm. then and then yeah and then we just shot it how many takes was that shot <sighs> I felt like we did it for seven hours I felt like it <laughs> lasted forever but I actually love that kind of stuff I'm someone who really likes pushing my body to the limit I ski a lot um I love I love that stuff but um, I'm just happy that, like, I was able to do it, that I didn't get sick everywhere and that, you know, <laughs> yes. you know, that it turned out good. I don't look green and, you know, that stuff. Yeah, it's really fun because it's you uh, with Strickland. Mm -hmm. um, how did you guys get to practice it all together? We did when we rehearsed it. Um, but, yeah, we only we only got to do that like once. It was like two hours. And then they were like, you got it. And I was like, I hope I do. I mean, it sounds like you did. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I think 
the stunt guys that were working opposite us were amazing. So even if it looked like we didn't hit the mark or we forgot something, they like really would bring us back in and be like, remember, this is the choreographer. And then you'd I'd be <laughs> <laughs> And that's, the, I think, the magic of, you know, TV it looks, you can always cut. Right. Yeah. Um, was there, I believe you use a, a tray table? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let me tell you, beating beating people up, you know, on TV is kind of cool. Yeah, but I hit a tray. I also really loved that moment with Angus. Thanks. That, the comedy there, because Garnett's not that funny. Right. Um, she's very serious. <laughs> serious woman. Um, and I, I too, am too, but um, yeah, I like that moment with her and Angus. I always thought it was so funny, the like, thanks. And then the shot of his face, just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. He has a lot of those uh, faces. Yeah, those faces. What does it mean, Angus? Ryan Adams, what does it mean? (laughs) (laughs) We asked the cast and creative team of The Ark if they personally would board the ship. If I knew Earth was running out of time, I would definitely board The Ark. Um, which is a big part of the show, is everybody on the show has to claw and fight their way to get on the ship. And everybody wants to get on. Um, and there's only room for a certain amount. But I would go for sure if they'd let me. <laughs> I think I would, yeah. I'm an explorer at heart, and I love a good adventure. It would be really hard for me to say no. I think I would have to say yes, only because I would be so curious what it would be like to go to space, you know what I mean? No. <laughs> I mean, it depends how long we had on Earth. Um, if it was like, you know, a year, I would. But I don't know. I, I, I would miss the Earth so much. I don't know if I could do it. If I knew that Earth was running out of time, would I board the Ark if I could bring my family? Uh, on our show, you're not allowed to bring your family. And I don't know if I would, if I would go if I couldn't bring my family. You know, you know what? Probably not. Simply because I think I'm, I love my family. I love home. And I think... I'd want to stay. If I was to go and leave home and leave to another planet, I'd feel bad leaving my whole family behind, you know? I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd stay. Yes, I would. Because I feel like, you know, I'm kind of a survivor guy. I wouldn't like to stay there and be like, oh, no, I'm just going to lay here and die. I mean, I would love to contribute to <laughs> you know, perpetuating the species. So, absolutely. Oh, man, you know what? I've often watched space, real-life space documentaries, and the thought of going to space petrifies me. <laughs> but if, if Earth was a certainty, if Earth was definitely on the way out, heaven forbid, um, and I could take my nearest and dearest, then I guess I would have no choice. But I wouldn't be quick to jump on a flying chunk of metal um, until I knew it was a proven way out. Mm, sure. Sure. I would personally board the Ark. I would personally take uh, the captain's chair and I would take it to a planet of my choice. (laughs) That's an interesting one because I play a pilot, obviously, but I'm not a great flyer. I don't love flying. So I would, this comes with a caveat, I would get on the Ark, definitely, because the Earth is no more, right? But I would do it as a last resort because the idea of being on it, even if it was a huge, incredible spaceship, being on a, a flight for like ever, or at least until you get to your destination, which could be years, uh, that doesn't sound hugely brilliant. So I think yes, but the caveat is if I have to. <laughs> I think it depends on um, 
the state of Earth, I suppose. I mean, if there is an ARC program on Earth happening, then Earth is pretty much screwed, I'd say. <laughs> I'd say. So, um, hmm. Probably. I mean, I'd, I'd be on the fence for sure, but maybe. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Who knows? Maybe. I would like to think I would be brave enough. Yes. Um, I think it would be incredibly scary. The idea of leaving Earth and potentially never seeing it again, I can't even imagine what that would feel like. But I, I would think that if there was a chance to find a new home planet, that I would want to be part of that. I don't think so. <laughs> I honestly don't think so. I mean, there's a lot of problems here on this ship, and I don't think I would be... At least I would not launch the first arc, for sure. There are, there are two things. If I could bring my family with me, then I would. If I had no one else left on Earth, like if, hopefully not, but if everyone else that I knew had died, then yes, I would. So if I could bring my family, I would. And if, you know, there was no one left on Earth for me, then yes, I would. I am sitting down with Ryan Adams, who plays Angus. Hello. Hi. Hello. How's it going? So good. I want to start with the bio shelter. I want to know all the secrets of, of this bio shelter because it's like a physical building that you got to spend most of your time in. Yeah, it's it's kind of incredible. Like everything you see in the show, like the plants, like the soil and everything, it's it's all there. Like it's all real. The, the plants are real. Like there's no fake plastic, none of that, which was insane. Like when they showed me it for the first time, I was like, how how are we doing this like how is this because obviously the show is like that we shot it over like four or five months like they kept that thing alive like it was it was crazy like blew me away um yeah and obviously i spent like pretty much all my time in there so it was it was sick yeah was it like uh like a classroom hamster where uh they just kept replacing things that died and no one didn't tell anybody see I think so. I think so. Because every time I went in there, it was just to shoot, right? So I never went in there like in between when they were like, you know, swapping things out. But this one time before I went in there to shoot, I saw a bunch of just uh, just the crew outside with a bunch of like dead cabbages. And I was like, oh, oh, so that was going on here. And they're like, oh, we're just like removing the dead bits and like making it look nice. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, crazy. Okay, cool. So yeah, I guess I guess they just keep replacing it. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't your job to also actually water the plants. No, 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 no. I I didn't I didn't actually uh keep keep after it for that for those all those months. It was the crew. It was all the crew. That it's that that's them. That's them. Yeah. Did you ever eat anything from the garden? From the bio shelter? Um, I'm trying to think. I think we had like Oh, what was it? I think strawberries or something. And like, I remember the prop guy going around like, hey man, do you just want to <laughs> try, try some of your food that, that, that you're growing? And I'm like, yeah, of course, bro. Um, I think it was like strawberries or something like that. Yeah, they were nice though. They were really nice. Angus is really good at, at his job. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to talk about specifically in episode two when um, Angus finds the knife in the water. Um, yes. Because... I'm going to be really honest. This whole scene of the knife and the mud, it looked really yucky. <laughs> what was it? Was it dirt? Was it gross? Yeah, no, it was all all real, like crazy disgusting as well. Um, 
obviously we like do multiple takes and stuff. So like, do you, we were just me and Stacy were just in that dirt, like just like living in that dirt for so long. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was a really cool scene, especially like also when like the the water actually explodes as well. Like that that one scene that. As soon as I shot that scene, I knew I was like, this is the scene that I'm looking forward to seeing the most because like that was one take as well obviously because like once it happens the soil is all going to get flooded and stuff and it's going to take hours to reset so we had to do that whole thing in just like one take and it was super nerve-wracking um but yeah it was crazy fun yeah did you guys rehearse it did you feel ready when you did it or were you like no i (laughs) yeah i never feel ready for anything (laughs) um no matter how much work i put into it but um this is my first acting job you know so it was super like so much pressure um but yeah we did like three or four rehearsals they had about five or six cameras going uh to get every angle um and i remember like the first ad coming up to me being like man don't mess us up. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> like, do it in one. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, we did like three or four rehearsals, and like there would be like water, and I'd have to imagine the water. And then the um the time when we actually did it, I remember hearing it going, and like my heart just going like a million miles per hour, being like, Come on, Ryan, you can do this, bro. <laughs> um, but that was so much fun. Like, that's the first time I've ever done some like huge like set piece like that as well with like the the water coming down on me i felt i felt so like in the in the scene it was sick and then watching it afterwards as well me and all the crew were like getting hyped because it was it looked so good we're like yeah let's go it was so like yeah the amazing amazing moment you you mentioned that this is you know one of your first uh, big acting jobs and you yeah. do an American accent the entire time. I do. I do an American accent, which was super scary because um, I couldn't do one before before the show. Um, I'm hoping people don't like realize in the early episodes. But like when I auditioned for the show, it was it, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, my, my my American accent was ropes. It was really <laughs> bad. I'm so shocked I got the I got the role, um, especially like after like finishing the show and then looking back at my audition tape, I'd be looking back like, man, what, what were they thinking? (laughs) Um, But yeah, like throughout the process of filming throughout the shooting period, I'd um, I'd have an accent coach um, who called Joe, Joe Alberti, which who was just like amazing and really, really helped me. But also like, there's a lot of people in the cast who have American accents anyway, like Christy, for example, um, I have a lot of my early scenes with her, so she'd just help me as well, like, you know, in between scenes or something. Um, but yeah, that was a that was an experience. <laughs> Is there a word that you struggled with the most, like an Americanized version that you were like, I just can't say this thing? Oh, there was a couple. I mean, Angus has some big words, you know, <laughs> so there was a couple. I remember there was one in I think it's the final episode. Um, I have to say salinity, salinity, um, 
salinity i don't know like there was like some but there was also like words together that like was difficult to like wrap my tongue around because like especially the t sounds because like you know me being british i'd say like water bottle and all that so it was hard to like i don't know my tongue like had a had the biggest workout ever so um yeah i don't know there was a lot of big words that he said that i was just like oh my god i've really got to rehearse this The CGI on this show is spectacular. So let's find out what it's like as an actor working with imagination. I think uh, it's really a, a, a wonderful, uh, a wonderful experience for an actor to uh, go and uh, try all these sort of CGI effects. Uh, for example, a couple days ago, I was uh, basically just pretending for three hours to uh, float around. Uh, so it's. Very unusual when uh, you know your your friends ask you. So what were you up to today? You know I you know I stood in front of a hundred and odd people. A couple of cameras were pointed at me, and then the director says, "Dom, just float." So yeah, you know, casual. Yeah, I was just, you know floating. <laughs> so they brought out these kind of I can't even describe them as like horses, if anything, but they're green screen. And me and Christy Burke, who's playing Lieutenant Garnet, um, we had to sort of like sit on them and like pretend to float. And you've got these people all dressed in like green suits, like pushing us along. And we had to pretend to kind of float. Never floated before, obviously. And um, Dean, who was one of the Dean Devlin's, one of the directors came up and he was like, you look like you're swimming. I was like, I've never floated before, so I don't know how to do this. So it was, it was, it was a weird thing to kind of adapt to, but you get used to it, you get used to it. You get used to it, yeah, yeah. The first day that we were filming, we were doing like this big opening scene where we've all got to pretend that we're flying and like kind of like gravity has disappeared. So we all kind of start floating around, which was quite unusual because you sit there as an actor going, I can't do that. I've trained for four years, but I can't float by choice. That, I, that, I'm not that good actor. And it does get easier, but sometimes you do, uh, you do go, are we sure this is okay? When you're like being floated on some box and you, you're pretending you're in space. Um, but then we've seen what the CGI guys have pulled out of the bag and it looks fantastic. So um, you just have to put your trust in other people quite a lot. The camera trickery of it is so clever that even I was like, oh, hang on, I didn't fly or did I? Honestly, it's insane. You feel like a five-year-old in a way because so much of it is imaginative, so you have no idea if what you're thinking it's going to look like is actually what it's going to look like. It's not often you get to do um, a shot against a green screen that will end up being something that you don't find on Earth. Um, there's been occasions on set where I've sat there between takes and thought, wow, if we were actually, if this vessel was what was kind of, was the only barrier between us and deep space, and there are people up on the International uh, Space Station at the moment, that kind of just blows my mind. Um, so working with the CGI in that way, and when we have a star or a solar flare or something and the lights are coming through the window and it's really bright, that's all super cool. Yeah, it's quite difficult. I mean, I mean, it's something like I've always wanted to do, though. So, yeah, it's 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 quite cool as well. Lots of imagination, lots of imagination. You will be looking out at the green screen and you're like, oh, OK, that's we're looking at that. OK. <laughs> and you're reacting to it. Um, we have scenes with holograms as well, which is amazing. But again, it's that <laughs> it's quite hard imagining it, but not too much because I am a crazy daydreamer. I imagine things all the time. So <laughs> it's not that hard for me to imagine these sequences, but I guess it is.
because you have to keep the same eyeline as everyone else. In that respect, it's difficult. Fun and complicated at the same time. Um, sometimes you have a feeling like it's nerve-wracking, but then again, when you read it and when you actually, when you're done with the scene, you're like, okay, this is maybe one of the most amazing things that I've ever done. And as you can see here, there's a green screen here and there is a guy who like wanders around the set who's like in charge of the green screen and he just has this amazing app on his phone where he can actually log what is happening in the scene. So we've already seen what it looks like with the stars in the background and it's going to look incredible. It's a dream, you know, we've grown up watching these movies and kind of always wondering as actors what it would be like, you know, and now we're, we're living it and it's very exciting. I am sitting down with Lisa Brenner, who plays Lieutenant Commander Susan Ingram. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, let's start with this character. Yes. Uh, Susan Ingram is a, a higher up, is, yes. does have leadership. Mm -hmm. um, how much science and space knowledge do you, Lisa, have? Um, none, actually, but I did some research, and I also researched the military, too, the rankings, because my my character was a military person before, so I figured out, like, the schooling she would have had and to get up to the level she had, but, um, and then I did research, you know, Proxima, A, B, oh. C, D. Wow. <laughs> you know more that than plot. I do. <laughs> yeah. Just to give some, you know, realism to the situation. Right. Um, this character, when we first meet her, mm -hmm. she dies. Yes. That's the first time we see yes, her, she's dying. Yes, I am dead. Yes. Um, I have to know how this, like, cryopod thing was shot. Were you laying down in a coffin? Yeah. Yeah, it was um, it was a little stressful. <laughs> you know, it's like your biggest fear being, you know, kind of buried alive because they put this thing over you. But thankfully, um, they shot it in about five minutes. So I only kind of had to hold my breath for a little. But um, the space suits, we were talking about the jumpsuits right. are so comfy and so cozy that it was like, oh, I'm like laying in a little cocoon. It was kind of <laughs> lovely, actually. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, so you have to hold your breath to be... Dead. Dead. Yeah. I've uh, been dead many times in things. And <laughs> trying to get your, like, your eyes to not move is a little hard. And it's like, do you hold your breath on the bottom of the breath? Do you hold it at the top of the breath? I've, I've done it all. And what have you found? People. What have you found is the, like, easiest way to do it all? Every way. Oh. <laughs> Every way. There isn't like a, clearly this is the easier, better way. It's yeah, whatever works. Just, yeah. And hopefully they get the shot pretty quickly before <laughs> anything twitches or moves or, you know, lungs get involved. I'm yeah. so stressed out just thinking about <laughs> it's that. It's weird. It's very weird. I want to ask, we talked a little bit about the, the costuming. Um, mm -hmm. So we see you in like the space suit in this pod but yeah. also in the flashback yeah. we get to see you in like military garb yeah what was that was that comfortable as well it was because it was just like Ivana she is an incredible costumer and she just like made every little stitch to my body mm. so if I look good, it's because of her. It's, it's not. It's like an optical illusion. She's so incredible. Um, so yeah, I mean that was fine. That was fine. The weirdest were 
the shoes because they I want to say period, but they're future, <laughs> right. you know, future period. But they were like these like like tights that they put over high heels. Mm-hmm. That was the weirdest to walk in and like slipping around and sliding. That was a little difficult, but it looked good. So yeah. do what you have to do. Um, the set is also absolutely beautiful. It's incredible. Um, you got to stand and give your speech at the the like balcony of observation. Mm-hmm. How is it to be up there and like speak to people? <laughs> it felt it felt very you know like I was on stage. It was really nice. Um, I don't I didn't get to see what in the future we'll see of all the stars sure. and the galaxy. That would have been incredible. But yeah, it was so beautiful. It just it's it's easy to pretend that I'm in this situation when things are just so like the locations are just practical so beautiful but that's like the level the quality in Serbia that they just have these incredible sets like in the outpost the sets were incredible so, yeah I'm so lucky and you get to look out like you said onto space but what you're looking at is a green screen yeah it's a big green <laughs> screen yeah what do you personally imagining when you look out just like black and stars but you know i just it's just stars everywhere so beautiful (sighs) if only (laughs) i do love science fiction for that reason just to be able to like explore these other worlds and during the speech scene Mm -hmm. there's also a big hologram of trust yes I'm going to assume that while shooting, there was no big hologram no, of trust. No. Um, what happened in that moment? <laughs> there someone, it might have been one of the ADs or <laughs> it could have been the first, some guy, someone read the lines and we were given like a stick. Like that's where he will be. So that, you know, look there. So that, that was basically it. But also... Um, that same stick was used for eyeline and that huge thing for me to know who to look at and when I'm referring to the galaxy to to know. (laughs) Thank God for that stick. I love that stick. (laughs) Should have taken it home. Yell went deep on this episode, so check out our interview with co-showrunner Jonathan Glasner. This episode has a lot of flashbacks and gives us um, a lot of like backstory that we didn't have in the first episode. Why put the flashback in the second episode? Um, because the first episode is really about about getting the ship righted. You know, it's about it's they don't have time to think about backstory. <laughs> they they've got to fix things enough that they can live. Then they can start dwelling on the backstory, and so that's what happens in episode two. So episode two is really designed to be more of an exploration of the characters and getting to know them a little bit better and some of their backstories. And in this episode, we also get to meet the leadership, the the people who are dead. Right. Um, how did you decide who we get to meet? And you know, is there a possibility that in the future we would see more flashbacks and meet other people? Yeah, I mean, I I don't like doing flashbacks just for the hell of flashbacks, but if if it gives us information we need for the story, then certainly we will. Yeah, I mean, all the actors who played those parts are all wonderful. So I was was like, God, I wish we could go back and do a prequel with all those actors, because they're all great. What um, would that prequel look like? Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff that could happen getting to this point to have to launch these ships. 
Yeah. It would be on Earth, so it would be, you know. Okay. So in episode two, we have no food. We have no water. Half our ship is missing. People keep dying left and right. Um, is is every episode, are we expecting to see just tragedy every episode? No. No. I I won't write a show like that. It's too depressing. Um, no, it's this is a show about, about uh, people... Rising to their best selves, and and um, it, I, I think it's a great look at humanity and what we can be if we're put in enough of a pressure cooker. I mean, it will always be a pressure cooker, um, and people will die. Other characters will die along the way, but um, for the most part, it's 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 just solving problems and living lot, trying to live the best life they can in this horrible circumstance. Yeah, it feels like every problem leads, every solution leads to a new problem. Yeah. Um, this <laughs> like, Just like real life. So stressful. <laughs> Isn't TV supposed to be an escape? I, th- I think the show ends up being very escapist just because, <laughs> you know, they solve these things and, and they, they go on, you know, and they form friendships and relationships. I mean, this group of people who hardly knew each other at the beginning are going to be a family very quickly. Because they have no choice but to be a family, and I think that's part of the the heart the heart of the show. Yeah, we we see you know you say they're they're gonna be a family. Right now, we see a lot of headbutting with Garnett and Lane. Um, what is what is Lane's problem? <laughs> Lane, um, Lane is is. Uh, his problem is is what we show in the flashback, which is that he doesn't feel like he can trust Garnett. He doesn't know who she is. And this is the command of the ship is too important to trust to somebody that you don't know anything about and are actually kind of suspicious of. And in his case, it's not really being power hungry. It's It's genuinely being concerned that she doesn't know what the heck she's doing and he knows better. Um, and of course he doesn't, but as we, as we find out along the way, but he, he thinks he does. And, you know, in contrast to Bryce, who's just like, you know, kind of whatever, let's just do this together, you know? Okay. Um, why doesn't Lane like get to know her rather than just like be suspicious? Well, give it time. Give it time. (laughs) He will. (laughs) I can't. As I'm, things unfold, I am impatient. <laughs> uh, so, Cat has gone from being there to head of mental health. Um, we get a little bit of information as to who she was. She seems like she was an influencer who had a talk show. Can you tell us a little exactly. bit more about this backstory? Yeah, she was a um, she was sort of a female Doctor Phil, uh, but uh, but all about romance and dating and stuff like that. You know, it was a fluff show that she did, and she was a big celebrity because of it. And uh, we don't really, you know, it, it, it's implied that it was not a television show as much as some kind of of uh, amalgamation of what we have today, like uh, social media, TV, hologram show, uh, VR show, all rolled into one. Oh. So she was a big celebrity. Okay. So it was more... And she she knows a lot of people in high places. 
we find out in the flashback that Garnett was she was brought in by someone high up. We don't know who, we don't know why. We know that Lane is suspicious. We don't know anything about that. Will we get an answer to that this season? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but well, you'll have to keep watching to find out. I fine. <laughs> I guess I'll keep watching. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on the official After Show for The Ark. I am Yael Teagle. You can find us on social media at After The Ark. Of course, you can join us every week as we break down The Ark here on the official After Show on Electric Now. Thanks for joining us.